Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What a beautiful day. Well, it, yes, it is. I am. Glad. No matter what it's like outside, wherever you are, it's a beautiful day. We've got lots of good positive energy going this morning, Jim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we have two things to celebrate. Uh, one, uh, Kisha's uh, opening of her uh, pastry shop. And two, the uh, forward-moving uh, march of our uh, unconvention. Well, there you go. So, so, uh, so, Kisha, you are uh, you got all your approvals, and the uh, the newest incarnation of uh, of hummingbird is now. Uh, so would you say ready to uh, to uh, flap its wings and take off? <laughs> flap its wings, take off, and land. Um, yes, we are opening today with takeout only. So it's like a takeout only grand opening, which is interesting. Well, it also I, I think it's I think it's a great story. I think first of all, of course, you doing anything I think is great. But I think uh, having the I think having the perseverance to uh, to carry through and open uh, and complete a build out, get approvals, and open in the midst of this uh, this current situation, I do believe is a testament to the fact that you can overcome whatever obstacles are thrown in your path. Yes. Yeah, Kisha, you're really inspirational. You know, I think of myself as a go-getter and a, and a doer, but I don't know if I could have done what you did. So that really is just amazing as far as uh, really perseverance, resiliency, uh, personified to the umpteenth level. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. Um, I mean, I, it helps definitely to have like a crew of or a squad, as Jim likes to call us, <laughs> of friends and family that help support you. I mean, even like our customers are are incredible. Um, and so, as far as perseverance, I think that I, I, going back was not an option. I was already in the process of starting the the build out, right? And then this hit. So I, I was reflecting on the fact that when we first opened in Norfolk two months after we opened like the roof awning around the building collapsed. So I think I must just be born <laughs> to open up companies in adversity. I guess there's something about me that just needs to be tried all the time in the fire. But anyway, so this happening just was like, I was like, yeah, of course there's a pandemic when I'm in the middle of finishing a build out that I open, you know, for takeout only. So it's been, um, I've got stories to tell for sure. You certainly have a good uh, uh, genesis. And, and, and like we learned at our wine dinner about adversity and wine, <laughs> your adversity helps you make the world a sweeter place, Kisha. Oh, Jim. You know I need that this morning. I am hopped up with caffeine. <laughs> and suffering <laughs> produces the sweet, the best wine, huh? Suffering does. It does. I mean, I, I, you don't know. You know, through this process, I've had moments where I've been, I've cried out of frustration. Uh, there were major de delays, um, and there still are delays. I mean, there are things that happen. And I, I think that you have to keep pushing, you have to push through. You have to push through those difficulties to get to where you're going. And you're right, Jim, adversity does make, like when I walk around, the accomplishment of having pushed through is rewarding in and of itself. Oh yeah, you should be so proud of yourself. I and mean, I think it's really, you know, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen 
truly uh, incredible. Truly. So, yeah. I, I want to ask you to, so it can relate to other people and other people's businesses in mm. the, in those, in those sort of darkest days and those days where, like you said, where you, where you cried or you, or you were just, um, you know, so frustrated. What, what had, what kept you going? What, why, what, made you not just throw in the towel and say, forget this, I give up? Um, because I, I just, I, I think, I, I think the responsibility one for my team, you know, we've gone, they've gone, we've gone through lots of my team has been there, but my vision for this company, I, I think with the, when we sit down and start writing out the vision for our companies, it looks good on paper, right? Because it doesn't have anything built into it. No life circumstance. None of those things happen. We just have it. It looks good. It's glorious. It shines. And it says, here I am. You're going to make it. And so then when you get to the places where these things happen, what I think about is, is I set out to grow a company and build an empire. And, um, and that's what I kept thinking about in the midst of that it was like, I can't give up now. I've come too far. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It's just I don't know how else to explain that. It's just something in me that is determined to keep going and to to finish my task. Empire builder. Hmm. The Roman the Romans had uh, terrible plagues in the part of their empire building days, and uh, they still uh, built an empire and lasted for uh, eight hundred years. So you have uh, seven hundred years and so to go, Kisha. Do you have uh -huh. um, your? Um, you talked about your vision your your vision plan do you have your vision in writing yes that's uh that's good i had a conversation you, go ahead i'm sorry something else i do want to say is that like this isn't my first company so i've i've, I've failed in other endeavors right um and so I think I need to clarify that because i i knew that i knew that i was going to be in business from an early age so that was something that didn't work. Sometimes there are things that don't fit and you've got to reinvent that or, or re or, or, or refine it. So this has become that refining thing that I know is right. And there may be times that you have to walk away from something. And, and if that's something that you have to do, because that vision sometimes isn't seated properly, it hasn't, it didn't develop, right? Whatever the reasons are, then you do that, but you keep going. So for me, it's just to keep going. Um, to do, to, to have a company that's viable. And thankfully this one is that. That makes you so, think of that. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, since I'm the horse flipper, this isn't your first rodeo, Kisha. Uh, <laughs> and, and so what, what are a couple of things, uh, that you're able to take from your previous openings, uh, the learnings and, and implement here? I was much more calm on, on this one, um, and, I, and I just because I, I I don't know if it's because I'm like you know what what happens is going to happen. But on the previous ones, I you know I I've, I've I've had like this one. I didn't pass the first health inspection because there was something that we needed to get done with the plumbing. And previous ones it was like that. Except the previous ones when I got to that point, I completely fell apart. I think because like the stress of it, I just was like I, I cried. I was like, what can we do? You know. And this time I was like, okay, so we need to go to the next thing and get that taken care of. And then we're going to open. Um, I've learned to just find a, a, um, a place to be calm and know that things are going to get taken care of because that's, a, that's what I've set out to do. Um, 
Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's uh, right up there. When you were talking about uh, not not giving up or not stopping, it made me think of that uh, Chris Joyce from from Gusher and his video about all these obstacles being in, in your in your face. But what does an entrepreneur do? They they don't stop no matter what no matter what things are thrown in their face. And he just mm-hmm. kind of does this whole litany of them, and it kind of it it just made me think about it. So, oh yeah, that was uh, good. Event. <laughs> no, I think that these kinds of stories are important, including your caveat that sometimes you do, you know, you do have to change. You don't stop, but you but you modify your plan. I think uh-huh. that it is important to put a plan in writing. I think it makes it much more real. That does not mean that it's etched in stone and that you can't change it, right? Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. you can always you can always redraft or or make modifications because you learn things along the way. But still, putting something in writing instead of keeping it in your head makes that makes that vision or makes that statement that much more real. So you have something to point to and to uh, and to use as a as a guiding principle or a, a guiding star as you work through a process. Yeah, that's good. So I think about like. Um you know, so with the other things that I've opened, so Jim, even leaning into what you said, with the other things that I've opened, um, I took away, so I had a bistro prior to having Hummingbird. And I took away, you know, when that ended, I really said, and I thought, what part of this is really me that fits most into the idea of what I have for a company that is my most authentic, what I want to do. And I realized that I, as much as I enjoy cooking, and enjoyed having a bistro, it was not my sweetest spot. Baking and being creative and using that side of pastry art for me was was like, that's my jam, you know, that that's my flow. And so making the decision to cut that away, and even when people came to me and said, how are you gonna make just a, a macaron shop or a dessert shop work without there being some kind of food? And, and so I think that there are people that'll come because they don't always understand your vision or where you're going or what your goal is, you have to know that. And, and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do, to have, you know, and that we would have tea, but I didn't want to have all these variables for me. I, that wasn't like the best place. And so when I removed that, it let, I breathed better. I knew that that was not what was part of what I needed to do. And so that focus made a big difference. So, so today, uh, you know, there's the, the, the environment's affecting everybody. So what are you finding in your dealings with vendors? Because you have to rely on people to uh, supply you with ingredients and other things. And so, so what's going on for you there? Yeah, so that's been a bit challenging um, because of shortages. So, for example, like the price of eggs has gone up four times. Um, I could not find heavy cream, um, even from like, one of the vendors that I go to, they were, I don't know what's going on with the heavy cream. <laughs> there was like an epidemic with that. But then I went to like the local grocery store and even they were sold out. I bought like the last four at one grocery store and I was like, okay, maybe people are making quiche. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, there's a lot more baking going on um, during this time. So there are certain ingredients that are, are short, there are shortages there. So I've got to get creative in that. Um, but even still, right, those are, I think that when it comes to an obstacle, I'm, I'm looking for the next best solution. Not like, oh my gosh, the obstacle's there. We can't move forward. No, there's an obstacle there. I've got to find a way around this. I've got can to you find make a way. Cream, can the, you make cream from whole milk? 
No. No. It's the, I, it's the you, amount of fat. It's the amount of fat that's in the cream. No, that no. Makes can it. you? But how do you make cream from whole milk? No. No, you don't make cream from whole milk. Oh. So just out of curiosity, in 10, ten seconds, what is cream made of? Or how is cream made? So each stage of milk, you're reducing the fat. So heavy cream would be like full fat, right? They're for by percentages. Whole milk is like eight uh, percent milk fat. Heavy cream would be between um, sixteen or more. Right. Depending- but from a gallon of whole milk, I could make a certain amount of heavy cream, no? No. No, other way around, Marcus. <laughs> it's the other way around. Heavy cream is the heaviest form of milk. You can make- so when it comes out of comes out of the cow, what does it come out as? Now that part of it, I don't, I'm not that far into it. I know what I, <laughs> I know that I know the, I know the fat percentages. We'll, we'll, we'll I don't discuss know it. Cows, so I can't tell you how. We'll, we'll discuss this next week. We'll discuss this next week. I just know what milk percentage, what fat is in certain milks. How they come about that, you'll have to ask. Uh, I'll report. Time. I'll report back next Friday. <laughs> so, so with, with with the issues that you're finding, does that affect the flavors that you choose to produce or no? No. Um, so we're starting our menu with a limited selection anyway. But one of the things for me that no matter what, um, like using like the fresh, like purees, things that are like in their purest form is just what we do. And so I'm willing to do what I need to, to get that product. So whether if I have to make it, so if there's, if there's no like um, puree that's, that we can get made, that, like the ones that we order, the organic purees, then we'll make it. But then that takes time. So, um, you know, like I said, we'll do it. I'll do what we have to in order to make the product. So uh, what I was thinking about was that while, and you mentioned a little bit about people asking how you were going to build a dessert shop business from when you had a bistro before, but I also know that really what you're about is about experiences. And maybe they take the form of desserts, but they're really about experiences. So mm-hmm. with so with the challenge of an um, of a of a takeout only um, business, at least in, in these early days, thanks to um, thanks to a pandemic, how do you create how how do you create an experience? I think that you create an experience through your engagement. So um, you know, I spend I spend a good amount of time like when I post things on social media to create. I don't just post photos. Usually, there's there's an engagement even aspect to the photo. Excuse me. Um, I talk about our processes. We, we, we document our journey, whether through, you know, through photos or things like that. So I think staying in, in touch with your customer base um, and bringing them into the experience is how you create that. And that's something that we've done from the, from the beginning. Uh, and so I think that that is really how you create that personalized experience to the point that, so yesterday we launched I, and I, and I'm kind of glad that I waited till later. So I, I had a post ready to go, but for whatever reason, one of the apps that I use would not load up to any social media. So I didn't get to load it until about three 30 in the afternoon. And we've received so many pre-orders that if I had done it earlier, we'd be slightly overwhelmed because right now we're opening with a reduced staff, you know, in light of all the things that have happened. And so, um, and so that's been, um, so it's, so that experience and what we've provided to our customers has created such a wealth of support. Um, I'm, I'm excited and happy. And then, like I said, a little bit like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is, um, this is great, but a little crazy. So 
Yeah. Gotcha. Well, all I know is that in the end, um, <laughs> you're not helping uh, uh, the diet of myself or Jim or Marcus because now we'll get to all enjoy your macarons <laughs> again. <laughs> so, anyway, Marcus, you are, brought up the second. Oh, so go ahead. I'm sorry. And they are the best macarons I've ever had. Go ahead. Oh, they are. They I are. brought up a second point. Besides yes. great macarons, what else am I talking about today? Well, no, you brought up the, the you brought up the great macarons and 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 Kish's uh, 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 launch of her of her newest establishment, but you well, also the, brought the up way, the the way around that issue, Mark, is that we will put in orders and have them delivered around the country to people, uh, and and that 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 will save our midsections. That's right. That's right. Ah, so we won't actually we'll go into the shop and pick up ourselves. Gotcha. Better, to give, better to give will, than to get. I will eat a few. I will still eat a few. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say, Marcus, is that you brought up uh, as a second point that we were moving forward um, in the planning of our unconference. Unconvention. And unconvention. So you are right. So... Um, you wanted to uh, to say something more about that this morning? Yeah, uh, you know, when we first hit the pandemic, and we had we've had this idea for the unconvention for a long time now, and we were working on it. We've been visiting sites, going to Georgia, California, places like that. I miss California because I was sick. But um, and then the pandemic hit, and obviously the world changed, and I know as a group we began to think what would happen, and I personally put a lot of became very pensive about it and I didn't know what would happen but I think this pause has given us time to think about how we want to do things and I know that right now what we're doing is we're working on it to be ready we're ready willing and able as soon as the environment says it's time to go so uh, uh, I, I think it's a great exercise and a great reality the blessing is, I guess, that we have more time to plan an unconventional event. Um, and I also think part of it has to be people, Maslow, right? They want to feel, I forget which, which uh, level it is, but safety, personal safety. So as we're doing this, perhaps we can become, you know, now we're making sausages, we're talking out loud, letting the audience in to our, 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 our process, you know, one of the things I've thought about a lot is, you know, people feeling safe there, a, a, a haven, a true haven, an unconventional haven. What do we do? Do we take temperatures at the door? Do we wear hazmat suits? You know, I'm, I'm uh, brainstorming right now with, with everyone. But I, I think that's one of our additional endeavors. So now we have to put on the most unconventional uh, event, but also make it as safe as possible. Be a thought leader you know, as far as and how to make people feel, be safe and feel safe with oftentimes our governments not showing the way. Well, I think that's fair. Um, let's go back for a moment only because we have a, although we talk every day, uh, we only record these on Fridays. So a, a listening audience may be, what the hell are they even talking about? Um, Jim mentioned before uh, the uh, adversity dinner that we had uh, in Northern Virginia last year. So we did, so just for background, we did have a series of dinners where we brought strangers together into a unique setting, not, um, not a place where you would normally have a meal, 
and then had a unique conversation and exquisite meal with a group of strangers. Um, cell phones were banned. Uh, great conversation uh, came out of it. And that led us to the idea that if we could have these amazing dinners, imagine what we might do in a multi-day event. And it's unconventional, so an unconvention. Um, just so, so there'd be a little bit of background before we talk specifically about things that people are, are scratching their head at us. So then, of course, we are in the midst of, of a pandemic, and we are planning an event for next year, for 2021, not knowing what the new normal is going to look like. So uh, an unconventional event in unconventional times, I guess is what you would say. Is that a fair summary? Fair. Yeah, I, think it's, uh, I think it's pretty uh, cool because uh, we think about forward and here Kisha is launching uh, her next stage of Hummingbird. Mark, you've launched uh, Corporate Thought even further out and uh, doing a lot more with it. Uh, uh, Marcus is launching new services, offerings, and, and communications with his customers. Uh, I'm, I'm la launching uh, marketing and business uh, plans and, uh, and white papers to go out to different audiences. You know, it can be done, uh, even in this environment. And I think because we keep moving forward, it keeps us fresh, excited, and uh, finding new ways to do business. Yeah, and I think that not, uh, not crawling up in a ball and believing that the world is coming to an end, but in fact planning for, um, and I'm not talking about like how businesses reopen, but uh, when they do, and eventually they will, uh, not only being ready, but actually, you know, having been working steadily and building your business, I'm, I uh, am part of a mastermind group and I'm always amazed that there's this one guy and every Monday when we have the call and we take a moment to talk about any successes that we had in the previous week, he knocks out, oh, I got five new clients this last week. I got, you know, I, I, did, I did six new pieces of business and that's been every week of this, of this situation. And I'm, I'm just always just amazed and inspired. What business is he in though? Is he in a disinfecting business or what <laughs> business? Public, rela public relations and marketing. Okay. And so in public relations and marketing, uh, something that most in a lot of companies is the first thing to go, right? They always say you keep the operations going, but the marketing goes away. This guy is actually, that's his, that's his bread and butter business. And he is finding a way to bring new, new customers in and new clients and, and build new business. Uh, and, you know, and, and his team's working remotely, so on and so forth, but it does not, he has adapted to, to the changing environment. Yeah. I think that when, I think it's important to stay, keep your mind, set your mind and keep it set. So like, you know, when we first started the build out, my goal and it was, was to, to be baked out of a temporary kitchen. And which was one of the culinary schools here, Culinary Institute of Virginia. And then we were, we were selling out of Cure Coffee House. When everything happened, all of that was no longer available. We could not bake out of the, the, the university or the culinary school. And then Cure Coffee House had to think of their own production, right, or their own operation. So basically, 
the, uh, my company was, um, eight weeks without income coming in. So, and, and so like you get very creative in the, in the midst of what's going on and how you utilize funds and what happens, because that's different than you budgeted for your build out. And now you also have this, right? Um, and so staying positive and looking for solutions, I think is always the best thing. It doesn't mean that you don't have moments where you're like, oh crap, what's going to happen? You have those moments, but you got to very quickly just spend some time thinking, thinking about, and so that was my first thought when everything happened today, what is going to be my next best move? Every morning I got up, what is going to be my next best move? And some of them may be like, oh, that, I don't know how that's going to work, but it was the next best move for me to make that day. So I think that's something that um, people need to keep at the forefront of their mind. I think that's a good point, Kisha. And, and to Mark's uh, story about the guy on uh, on Mondays uh, closing business every week, uh, you know, I've I've had a lot of uh, turndowns in in my business development over the last month because people don't want to make decisions. Uh, you know, they don't know how long this environment's going to last, and so you're, you're going to have periods of time where, uh, things aren't going exactly how you planned and, and, and you have to keep with it and, and just okay. keep going and, and, and not let the doors shutting in your face be, be the end, but just be the opportunity to walk to the next door. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I don't want anyone to think that this guy just snaps his fingers in the bill and the work is coming to his door. He's had to modify his practice, and I'm sure he's being shot down a lot, but he's also ramped up the amount of, of sort of now virtual sales calls uh, that he's making. And so he, he essentially saw the fact that he thought his business was going to go into steep decline, and so he ramped up in response to it, right? And so it is about how you respond. It is about how you change. I also, uh, and, and, how you, and how you face that adversity, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I also like that you mentioned, you know, that you have your plan in writing subject to, to being modified. But I was uh, coaching somebody the other day and uh, he's and he said to me, I, I had asked him, where's the where's your business plan? You said you were going to send it over. And he said to me, oh, well, he wrote me back and he said, oh, no, no, no. You answered all those questions. So I'm moving on to the next thing. And I said, well, did you put it in writing yet? And he said, no. I said, well, then it's not a business plan. It's just an idea. Right. And um, I had uh, interviewed someone on, on the other podcast, on the Corporate Thought Podcast, which will come out in a few weeks. And that guy said, I don't care if your business plan is just one sheet of paper front and back. You don't need a 40 to 60 page business plan like mm-hmm. you might learn at some, at some uh, business planning seminar. He said, the fact is that 40 to 60 page document probably is only two times it ever gets looked at is the day that you finish writing it. And the day you throw it in the trash years later when you've closed up your business. He said, you need a document that's, that's, that's a, a living, breathing document that's of manageable size and that you actually really refer to in your day-to-day. So, yeah. was, you know, he was kind of counseling against the, the, big, the big tome and instead saying, you know, have something that's just a couple of pages that lays out your plan. But putting your plan in writing makes it that much more real. Well, really, even in a 40 to 50-page business plan, it's the executive summary and maybe some of the uh, bullet-pointed uh, action items within it uh, that, that, that are the most important. So it, any big business plan can be narrowed down to a few pages like, like that person said. 
Yeah. So I think in the end, that's the, he's saying that's the only important part, which I thought so was. We, we can tweet our business plans now. <laughs> yeah. So you can get your business plan down to down to 140, or now you can expand that to 280 characters. <laughs> then, uh, then there you go. So, well, everybody, we are we're we're fast coming to a to a close here. But are there any parting thoughts everyone wants to wants to make for the for the day and for the for the I don't know if we call it the weekend ahead or the, you know there are no, there are no more week, weekends. Every, every day is a weekday. Every day is a weekend. <laughs> I'm just so excited for you, Kisha. Uh, have a great day today. Uh, enjoy it. Bask in it. Uh, uh, and I wish you the best today and every day thereafter. Well, thanks, Jim. Kisha, and send me an invoice for $100, okay? <laughs> sure, I sure will. Not a problem. Okay. Thank you. And All Kisha, right. I, ho I hope that they line up down the block, uh, you know, six feet apart, of course, as they wait patiently to get in the door. and. Uh, and and buy their uh, buy their their macarons their, to get their macarons. fix that they've been missing for all these uh, all these weeks. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Mark. Bye, Jim. Bye, Kisha. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have a great one. Okay.